Jimmy, you're awake. That's a good thing. Yeah, six six oh nine right now. How's the time transition? Has have you switched over? Has your body switched over to like the time California time? Not really. I mean, I'm still waking up at five every day. Today, yeah, yeah, still waking up. And then I got up a little early, so I, I actually wake up at five and kind of flip flop around like a fish until like you know nine or ten. But uh, yesterday was a really early call. I had to be at the stage at six thirty, so. I'm just a mile away from the entrance to the studio. So I have a quickie. And so yesterday was an early day. And today, obviously, was an early day because I wanted to get ready because right after we're done, I got to go. So I had to get ready and, you know, take a shower and stuff. And, um, you know, you know, it's good. It's good out here. You know, it's nice having salt. It's a nice break. Aaron's really doing a good job holding things down. And so there is actually good stuff happening back in New York, where in the past I travel and you know, this, I'd always make sure there was really not much to do, but obviously the website's doing well. So those guys are over there doing stuff for the website. Got a couple of new products to talk about in the next few weeks. So yeah, things are good. Can't complain. It's nice to know things are happening and yeah, I can come out here and play, play like I'm actually Besides the an actor. Procedures. What's different about the show this year? Well, you know, it's funny. There's some really good artists on the show. Some really like, not that were not that they weren't in the past, but people with a little bit more of a focused talent. It's like, mm-hmm. they, they, you know, the show's been out obviously a couple of years, and it's got some time to be talked about and watched and mulled over. So you're getting a little bit of a different casting. And I probably said this last week, but a lot of the people, nearly everybody in the contestants, know me and know YouTube and know all of us. So I don't know if that had to do with the show or if they're just digging more into the pool or we're making more of an impression, but it's uh, it's nice to have YouTube fans. And I'm talking to, I'm working with some of the people and like right, right on camera, like, oh, this is the trick you taught me in your band, so a tips video or whatever. And they're like, it's really nice <laughs> that, wow. you know, that we're making that deep of a penetration. And like I said, it's me, of course, because I'm there, but they're talking about all of YouTube in general. So that's great. And, uh, you know, no one's quelling any conversation like everybody's happy about the free flow of ideas i I contrast that with like four or five years ago when nick and i were pitching a tv show and every time we went into a network his agents would look at me and go do not talk about youtube they don't want to hear it so you know it's a different story now obviously but it's it's nice it's really nice and you know being the third season in a row and and just about almost everybody from season one is back when i say everybody i mean like sound men and people setting up the art department and there's so many little divisions on a big giant expensive show like this and you see all the same familiar faces and now because of all the serious regulations everybody has on a mask and a shield so everybody looks like they're going in to do surgery so everybody has a shield on and and when you're with the contestants as soon as it's all done they like there's a guy, the assistant at directors, always on a big loudspeaker. like, everybody put your shields on, cameras are down. And then halfway through the day, everybody has to leave the stage and they come in and disinfect everything, wipe down every handle of every tool. They're really very serious about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like they, if you see you congregating, there's like the coronavirus. Few, few of them, are, it's their job to separate people, you know. Whatever. It was an inconvenience for a few hours day one, and now everyone's kind of used to it. 
I'm just coming into it now that's been going on. Obviously, this production's been going on for several days, if not weeks, before I got here. You know, the stage is all set up. I wrote to the producer. I was like, is this really going to happen? When I was leaving New York, I'm like, because I got so many things I could do, things I could book, and, you know, just taking on responsibilities. I was like, is this really going to happen? She's like, the barn is out of storage and set up on the stage. So if it doesn't happen, she goes, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> so I was like, all right. Because <laughs> that's, that's like a huge effort. They take this entire barn apart into sections and store it. Bring it all in, build it, put it back together. So it's pretty, really incredible. But um, yeah, I'm happy you're having fun. And uh, I, I'm definitely more relaxed on camera now. It's and I, and I have license to just wander in and out of, if I see somebody struggling, I just wander in and help. And yesterday has a couple of good, good moments. I'll tell you one hero moment I had that had nothing to do with being on camera. So yesterday there was a girl. Did you guys ever see the machine that, that makes a rug? It's incredible. I was watching from afar. I had never seen one in person. It's, a, it's like a handheld stitching machine that makes a rug. You embroider this rug backing material from the back and it puts a loop on the front and she was using mm-hmm. that and and i and after a few minutes everybody like they got enough footage everybody went away and and then i noticed about five people looking for something and i come over i'm like what's the matter she goes oh i i, I lost the the main screw that runs the mechanism fell off of the machine it's like a handheld sewing machine and it was a, just a bolt that makes the machine do what it does and it everybody's looking for it and then after a couple like after like two minutes of me sitting there talking like the amount of people looking for it doubled so everyone's just like kicking the grass looking for this bolt and i pulled up my ice pick with the magnet on it and i want i wandered it around the grass a little bit <laughs> nothing happened and then i go where were you she goes well i was sitting right here and then i just wandered it and i heard click and i held it up and the the, <laughs> the bolt was on the end of the magnet and like there was like 12 or 13 people they all cheered i'm like ice pick for the win but that was not wow. there was no cameraman around <laughs> so, <laughs> but i pulled out the thing and a few people like oh you and your stupid ice pick you know and i just kind of wandered it jokingly like it's going to come to me and but like i hovered over the ground about an inch and i did it one time and it didn't happen i did it the second time and, and like a few people around me heard the click like no way no way and i held it up <laughs> like i like i pulled a sword from the stone it was so funny so well that's my TV set story. But everything is good. Cool. I'm working on a vlog, and I should have it ready probably by this weekend. That's it. I was going to ask you about the um, the on-camera, like, uh, acknowledgement of COVID. Because I, I saw a commercial. <clears throat> I mean, obviously, everybody in the world knows it's going on. So to completely gloss over it, act like it's not an issue with production is kind of silly. Because, I mean... It's just a thing, but but I saw a commercial. I saw a commercial about this show the other day, and they like leaned in. It was a, a fictional show, and they leaned into it to where the characters were reacting to it. Right. And so, you know, the in the commercial, the actors actually had masks and things on as right. part of the show, and that got me wondering. Like, I wonder how many shows are gonna, you know, just hit it head on, and like some of the people are gonna be in masks during the production or whatever. But well, obviously everybody's in masks here, and it's funny. I'm I'm gonna make a joke at one point during the show because uh, the cameramen who have a giant camera <laughs> on this shoulder, they have a little plastic shield which like covers the other half of their face that isn't in front of the camera, and they're all like fiddling with it. 
it's it's like it's some of it's a little over the top. Now the cameraman's wearing a mask. Like he's like nobody's near the cameraman. Nobody gets close to the camera. Like no one gets within like eight feet of a cameraman ever. And he's got the camera to his face, and he's got you know a mask if he can. But at the same time, he's got like a little six by six shield that's glued to his eyepiece. I was going to make a little mm. shield for the tip of my pencil, just like this is like a joke. But uh, on <laughs> on set, there are sanitary wipes and alcohol and there are masks in some cases that are out in the open so i i I would assume like at first day i was like oh nobody cares that that's out then you know i'm not even going to say anything but there was a lot of like covert precautionary stuff is in and around the workshop and in and around the in the barn area so it's just there it's just present you know nobody's trying to hide it but uh, at the same time everybody that's on camera is not it's not in a mask, but there is hand sanitizer pretty much everywhere right. on camera, just like a, another product in the shop. So that's really where it's at. Hmm. So, gotcha. Cool. Well, David, what's uh, what's up with you? Well, we ha- Kelly and I had our anniversary last Saturday, so that means it is make new rings time of the year, and. I think last week I talked about it. I thought about making them off camera just just to do it. And we tried to make them on camera and then failed terribly. It was just, oh. <laughs> I mean, and it didn't fail right away. It failed at like 2 p.m. So like a whole day of shooting. And it turns out the way that I'm making them, very similar to last year, just different types of woods, um, this Wange... Uh, would not bend without breaking or cracking. Uh, it's just too brittle. And uh, you getting splinters from the Wenge too? It gives you little fine splinters. Do you ever find that? I did. I I I did. Usually I I do, and I and I did this time as as well. And I the funny thing is, I was running my hand along the piece. I got a splinter, and uh, it wasn't a big deal. I pulled it out, and then. I complained off camera to Dan and then like five minutes later, I'm running my finger along the piece again. And he's like, you're playing with danger. You're playing with danger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I think um, I'm going to, the video is going to be me just totally failing at this particular design. And then I might make I, I the design that I come up with. Um, I might just take like little, snapshots of it as I go along. And then in the video say like, I did make rings that work. But this video is about the rings that didn't work, so it'll. Uh, it was really disappointing, and uh, so so we stopped at two o'clock and we started on this pet bed invention that I'm working on. Um, oh, cool! So Weens is he's getting really old, and I've made a few pet beds in the past on my channel, but he can't. His he's outliving his body, so he he can't get up onto the lip of the pet beds that we've made easily, and so right now the the best solution is just to throw the the pet bed cushion right on the floor, uh, but that has some problems. He it it will move, and um, his blanket when he tries to make a bed with his blanket, the b- blanket gets thrown off, and and uh, it's it's frustrating for him. And so I'm constantly like tucking him in. So I welded up just out of half inch uh, stock, square stock. Uh, basically, it looks like 
like bedposts. So there's two long bedposts up front and then two shorter bedposts in the back. And that's kind of framed and the bed slides into there. And so the bed can't move left or right or back. And then the blanket held on with magnets over the top two bedposts will all. So it's almost like he's going into a cave. And so he can go in and then the blanket doesn't go anywhere, but it's still draped enough where he can do his little bedtime activities and and make his bed. Yeah. Mm. So um, I think it's really cool. Uh, It, I, I had, it's it's drying right now or we've i was working on it last night and the paint is drying on there and so i haven't presented it to him yet so i haven't seen if it's going to work but i'm pretty sure this is going to work and i i thought it was a really cool little idea um very crudely welded i so uh, my last few welding projects have been really good like i've been really happy with the way everything has looked and come out and then this one I think I was just so frustrated with the rings not working out that I just did not care. And I was rushing through and I wasn't getting good penetration. And like one of the, I wasn't tacking, I was just welding. And that definitely makes the metal bend in ways you don't want it to. So I'm trying to bend it back and then the weld snaps. I'm like, it didn't even, uh, it was just, it was such a frustrating day. Um, but it's all going to work out. But in the moment, I was just like, I'm paying somebody to be here filming me and everything is failing. And it wasn't it wasn't a good day, but but uh, it'll make a couple of good videos for sure. <laughs> the uh, welding is weird like that for me in that I don't do it often enough to like keep the all of the things that you need to think about and just the process and all that stuff like f- front of mind. And so if I do a project that has a whole lot of welding, by the end of the project, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm comfortable with this again. And I remember <laughs> to do all of the correct things and make sure the edges are clean. And and then when I don't do it for a couple of months, I jump back into it thinking I'm at that same point, but I'm not. I'm forgetting to clean the metal. I'm forgetting to tack. I'm forgetting to turn the gas on constantly. I don't know <laughs> how. And so then I'll do a quick project and it looks like garbage. The welds do. And then everybody calls me out like I still don't know how to weld. And I'm like, well, I do, but it's just I'm out of practice and I forgot to do the thing with the gas or or I ran out of gas, you know, two months ago and forgot to go fill it up. And then now I have to do a thing and I don't have any gas for my welder or whatever the case is. But it is weird when there's something like that that you don't do often enough to keep the, you know, all the little details like front of mind because uh, that me and welding that's that's a constant struggle you will notice in almost every single one of my welding projects i am painting the piece matte black that way nobody on camera can see the welds or make comments nice (laughs) i would but i've done good lately just until this project is i was just frustrated and i wasn't doing it properly i didn't tack i just started welding and um maybe at times the pieces weren't clean and or i wasn't it wasn't getting hot enough or i don't know i was just i was frustrated and that definitely affected what i was doing yeah i i really believe that you if not being a professional welder who does it every day who's been trained properly there are good days and bad days some days it's just Mm. No matter what you do, you can't get a good vibe. You can't get a good flow. Definitely feel that from time to time. There's a welder on set, and I've had to teach a few people how to weld. And uh, one guy who, it's funny, he says he's only ever TIG welded. He wanted to learn how to weld, and so he just went to the Internet and bought a TIG welder. 
he's never done anything but that. It, it was almost like he didn't realize there were options, but he he was all nervous to MIG weld, and I brought him over to the machine and showed him how to do it. And I basically said, if you've done that, you can do this. Just try it. And he did it, and he did it perfectly, and he looked up and goes... <laughs> I'm getting rid of my TIG welder. I'm buying one of these. <laughs> He's like, this is he goes, this is unbelievable. And he did a really good job. Like, honestly, better than I would have done because he's so meticulous as a person, like the, what he does and how he mm-hmm. does it. I was like, I go, you absolutely are fine. Because he was really nervous because he thought the process was going to be more complicated. I'm like, you've already started out at the most complicated process, so everything else should be fine with you. So, yeah. Hmm. After uh, the last welding video I did was the uh, little canoe cart carrier thing. That was cool. And by it the was way. intentionally, yeah, thanks. It was an intentional, quick, I just needed a utility thing to do this thing. And so I wasn't going to worry about, you know, how pretty the welds were because it didn't matter. They just had to work. And it, and it was one of those where I had a general idea and I started building it and then had to like come up with this little thing and then this clip and then figure out a hinge for the, you know, it was just something kind of making it up as I went along. And in that process, you skip a lot of stuff, right? You you don't worry about like, well, I didn't get all the paint off of this reclaimed piece of angle iron that I'm going to use, whereas I should have because that would make the weld better, but I'm impatient. So I'm just going to stick it on there and weld through multiple layers of paint and then not think about it. And then so as soon as we put the video out, everybody's like, goodness, what is wrong with your welds? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was welding through a couple of layers of paint on that thing. And I should have probably. And, you know, it's like I took a shortcut because it didn't matter. Um, but after that and the comments about those types of things, I was like, you know what? It would make it would make me feel better. And me not have to worry about the response to those things if we just don't ever zoom in on welds anymore. There's no need to. Uh, I never zoom in on welds because it's not a welding. It's not a welding channel. I just I weld things. I, it's a making channel, and I use like I said a, a few weeks ago, and it was kind of clear to me when I said it, like I had a moment of clarity, like a personal. I didn't really make an explicit thing about it, but I basically said like. I'm a problem solver and I solve problems and in the process of making things, I'm solving various things. Oh, I need to connect these. The way to solve that problem is to weld it. It's not like I am not a welder per se, but a weld right. welding is just one of the things I use to get to where I'm going. So I don't feel the need to do like what Jody has all types of, you know, secret proprietary ways of filming what he's doing because what he's doing is the science of what his, his channel is about. You know, if I had to put it in quotes, the science of what my channel is about is just inspiring and trying to solve cool problems in cool ways. So I don't yeah. need to zoom in on the various methods. Also, I'm bad at it, so I don't want to show it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Bob, yeah. speak of uh, skipping steps. And in my in my head, I'm like, people always talk about tacking everything up and then welding so the heat doesn't cause the metal to bend and somewhere in the back of my head i've said that's overkill especially for this little dog bed i can just weld up this and it'll be fine and it totally wasn't it totally threw everything out of square and uh yeah i wonder if it's actually the opposite case where like the smaller thinner project that you're working on those tacks matter more you know if you had like this 
two giant eight foot right. pieces of metal that you were going to be, ta- you know, like welding across, maybe doing a bunch of individual taxes, not as big of a deal or something. I wonder if the scale is opposite. Um, anyway, yeah, but it was a funny realization for me just to be like, you know what? I don't need to show close ups of any of these welds. <laughs> I'm not teaching people how to weld. That's not the point. I'm not trying to show how good I am at welding. So why even like, <laughs> let's do the five foot kind of shot, you mm-hmm. know, that, that's good enough to show that they're connected. So anyway, um, let's see, what have I been up to? We are taking a break this week. We're not putting a video out. Um, this month has five Thursdays in it. So we have kind of decided when that's the case that we're going to, we're going to like you know, take one of them off and not, yeah, not stress about like always just trying to do the weekly thing if we don't have to and. So it's kind of weird to have planned ahead to have a week where we just don't put anything out. But, you know, that's what we're doing. And we went ahead and finished up next week's, which is a, a renovation video, similar to one we've done in the past, but kind of a new a new situation for it. So that's done. And then we actually have the next one done already. And we're working on the next one, which is pretty cool to start to get a little bit of a lead again. Show off. Um <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a lot of work to get ahead. I mean, it's not like it's not like I'm just like, hey, check this out. We finished another video. We are like scrambling constantly to try to overlap things and like, well, while we're waiting on this paint to dry, then we should go do this thing so that it's a little, you know, it's two steps closer to being done or or whatever. When you're two weeks ahead and you put out the video that you made two, three weeks ago, are you so disconnected from that project that you don't even feel like promoting it? well uh no but also the promotion happens differently here now like Mm -hmm. we we prepare the material for the promotion like the cut downs and all that stuff with the video and then we have a scheduler where we put it in and it's all scheduled and and so it kind of that stuff is prepared ahead of time and then we just kind of like back off and move on to the next thing. And then that gotcha. one is prepared and then that one is prepared. So it's it's a little different in that it's not present of like top of mind, but I also don't really have to interact with it that much once it's, you know, going out. It's that stuff's already set up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we're we're looking at, you know, the next couple of months. And actually, I guess through the end of the year, we're trying to plan out all the different things we're going to do and start to prepare those. And some of them are kind of big and are going to take some extra effort. So we're beginning to work through those and we're doing some different types of videos that we've never done before, which is fun. And also a little weird, just going into a video and being like, all right, well, how are we going to do this? Like we've never had to figure out how to whatever. And instead of just jumping into the production side of it, like we have in the past, we're stopping a little bit and thinking through, all right, well, we want it to have this tone. We want it to cover these types of things. And how are we going to, you know, actually do that on camera ahead of time, which I think is good. Hmm. Thinking ahead is not not a bad thing, but yeah. So that's kind of what we've been up to. Um, I don't think we really have any kind of a, a topic mm. anything today, do we? I have. Um, there's there's a lot of noises happening behind me. There's people in the office, but uh, I've been thinking a lot about social media stuff lately, and we. I was listening to. Um, uh, no Dumb Questions, which is Destin and Matt's podcast. Excellent podcast if you don't listen to it. 
But they talked about the social uh, dilemma, which David, you had watched and brought up a couple weeks ago, I think. I still haven't watched it yet, but I listened to their conversation about it. But even before that, I've just had this kind of like sour taste in my mouth toward social. It's weird. I started trying to make a, a differentiation this morning in my head between social media and like promotional media, because I think maybe what we called social media has become promotional and they they just overlapped in a way that we weren't maybe as a people expecting um but i've just had this like sourness toward it over the last year and have wanted to just really not be a part of it and not, not from like you know a lot of people talk about misinformation and that is a problem i'm not talking about that a lot of people talk about, you know, the the perceptions that people have of themselves based on looking at other people. I'm not talking about that. It's just that, like, I just don't want to be, this sounds a little scary to say, I don't want to be as connected to people as I have to be to do my job online. Not person, like, I want to have personal connections. But when you do the social media thing at scale, you have this, like, open door connection to anybody that wants to say something to you, whether you receive it or not, whether you respond or not, you still have this portal directly to your face for everybody who's ever seen anything that you've done. And I think there's something about that that doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> and that's in, on top of all of the other social media you know, issues that, that come with it that I think are covered in the social dilemma. I think uh, I haven't seen the social dilemma yet, and a lot of people keep asking me because Renee Deresta is in it, and we we've all met Renee Deresta at the Ord Camp, oh, yeah. and uh, we're not related, and she's not my wife. <laughs> a lot of people write to me, "I saw your wife in the social <laughs> dilemma." Um, Renee, we just share the same name. I mean, we might be related through DNA, but we don't know. Um, but we met through Make Magazine of, of all places because she used to work for O'Reilly Media. But anyway. Um, what I'm, fi- I'm fi- I find that some people, and this is no groundbreaking statement, some people just share too much of themselves and they get a little hooked on it and you could watch the addiction start to take place. And I'm not saying that I'm not addicted in my own way to Instagram and everything else because I think I am. But when people start sharing like the real in-depth emotional side of them and, you know, when they start talking about like intimate situations with their family, but then they turn around and say, hey, this is how you make stuff. It, that's when it gets a little bit strange. Like I, my buddy who I hung out with the other day at the airport on Instagram, he doesn't really, he's not, he doesn't like Instagram, but at the same time, he feels a little bit disconnected from business. And I was like, you got to get into Instagram. You got to share all this wackiness that you want to sell. He's, and he's like, I, I just wish that you didn't have to have it. I'm like, well, you know, this is, this yeah. is the way the world is going, unfortunately, or fortunately, depends on how, you know, how it benefits you. I was like, you don't have to talk about your personal judgments, your personal instincts just talk about the art and what you want to promote you know like instagram to me is like my art gallery and you know i obviously get a little bit personal but it really is in many nearly all ways related to making it uh making things and making you know your career and your life if that's what you want to do i have a lot of other personal things that i don't talk about occasionally i get frustrated like the other day uh, i used it as a tool to ask people what's going on with my mac and you guys remember that some of you guys helped me and turns out, by the way, that that glitch only happens on certain ex- search engines. It doesn't. It doesn't happen on Safari, which a lot of people said 
oh, there, there you go. I'm like, okay, I can get onto Safari on the computer that I already have my email on, so it's kind of useless. But anyway, that's a longer story. And I also, just to set the record straight here and for now, I do have Dropbox and I do have Google Drive because everyone's like, will not you just use Dropbox? You know, and they're like, they send me the link to join Dropbox. I've had Dropbox for years. But to diverge a little, to divert a little bit is when I'm talking to certain clients and friends and people and I'm like, just email me the file, I go into my computer and it just pops up right there and I could just download it and then go to the download file and then work on it there. And that's what I just kind of got used to that workflow. But I do have Dropbox and I do use Dropbox. But like when I'm at the art, I'm like talking to the art department here at the show. I'm like, oh, just email me the file. Then I go to my computer and figured I could just open it and put it in the downloads on the Windows computer. That's where I had that little hiccup. But I think in general, we see other people oversharing. And then we emotionally are like, oh, am I part of that? Like I see, like when you see people crying on Instagram and then the next day, like, hey, everybody happy Tuesday. I'm like, wait a minute, two days ago, you were crying literally about some family issue. And now here you are talking about hammers and nails. I think, Hmm. you know, and and it's great. You know, people really have a sense of community and some of these things, but I think sometimes you got to pull back a little bit because it's too, it's too much for your audience. I think this is just my personal opinion. You know, some people really have found their way through social media and it's their family. And and so I believe that too. I mean, I say it all the time. I, you know, my closest friends are friends that I met, you know, you guys and, and my whole crew over here are friends I met through Instagram and YouTube and I wouldn't have met them otherwise. But I see people like in our community sharing too many personal instances and then you turn right around and then they're sharing, you know, work related stuff. I think, uh, you know, maybe the right way to do it is to keep, one commercially kind of focused and one family focused, if you really want to. I mean, I wouldn't do that. I just keep my family stuff in my family, you know, like whatever struggles me and Taylor are going on that are non-work related or non-making related, nobody knows. You know, I don't, you know, I share a little bit about Willie only because people are inspired by the story, but, you know, I'm not sitting here saying, you know, I saved this guy's life, you know, because it's whatever, it is what it is, you know, if you know, you know. And like I said, it's just, I think it's just important to really know what that line is and just keep it work related. That is, you know, but a lot of us, a lot of people have Instagrams that aren't work related. It's just their Instagram. And yeah. if you're going to open up online, you just, you know, it's, you basically, you're putting yourself at a little bit of a risk because I see some people really get addicted to the comments, the the checks and the, the likes and the, this, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's strange. It's, it's a strange world we live in, but as an artist and somebody that wants to be successful in business, I, I think you definitely need it. And I said to my buddy Deja the other day, I was like, I get consulted a lot for TV shows. They say, can you, can we need a person that does this? Do you know anybody? And I send them like five or seven social media profiles of people that I know are good. And then I'll think of somebody that's great. And I'll be like, this guy's really good. He's really good. But you know, I haven't seen his work in a long time and he doesn't like social media, but he's really good. And then that person gets ignored because that person doesn't have a visual portfolio that's accessible right. to everybody. So you just, you know, you got to remember why you started social media. You started it for business. That, like, for instance, Facebook is really all family, mostly family and political points of view. And, and to me, it's like it's it's like a mosh pit and I stay out of that mosh pit. Just like when I used to go to punk shows, I would just kind of hang on the edge. That's me at Facebook. I'm just kind of hanging on the edge. Like if someone comes in, I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, how are you, bro? 
And then like they go back in the mosh pit, like I'm on the edge of the mosh pit on Facebook, but everything else is kind of like, <laughs> is a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more easygoing. So Facebook is a big problem for a lot of people. I find myself in the trap of, of posting to get a reaction, to read the comments, to feel good. Um, and then that as you're, profiles get bigger and bigger you get more of that and it is it's really it's just a, a <clears throat> and they talk about this they talk about this in the movie but it's just like i i found myself like oh i don't have to post on instagram i don't have to go read all the comments on youtube or post something on twitter to to feel good but you you find yourself going back and it's addicting and it's so it's just <clears throat> It really, it really does bother me. Like I rarely use my personal Facebook or my business Facebook anymore, just because the the comments can be so crazy and and negative, and people are very polarized right now. And I don't know. I, I for me, the Instagram and Twitter don't benefit my business all that much. It's just a place for me to post stuff every once in a while. So Twitter, uh, like. You know, once a week I post a link to a video and then the rest of it is just like weird thoughts that I have. And then Instagram is just like nice shots of the projects that I'm working on and just, I don't know. They don't help the business and I think they're really bad for me mentally. Well, I mean, that's something you got to decide for yourself. But I was going to say, again, I keep it all business related in, in the way that when you start getting bad comments and angry comments and mean comments, I always tell younger YouTubers, that's a good thing because now you're in the deep end of the ocean. You're like, you know, you're like Christopher <laughs> yeah. Columbus. You're out of the inlet. Now you're, you're with the sharks and, and you know, your, your, your trip is, is well underway. You know, your journey is well underway. This is like, you know, like uh, you see these like fairy tales where people like go from one part to the other and they meet all these demons and all these things in the route that, you know, and then they get to the end and they win. You know, there's a million fairy tales that have all these, these negative, <laughs> you know, impasses that you go. And like, those are the mean trolls because you are now like in the deep end of the pool is what I say. This is where all the strangers are and the older kids that'll like dunk you and, you know, do cannonballs next to you. I always make up these metaphors. Whereas, you know, you leave the comfortable part of the pool where it's just your friends and family, but now you're promoting a video that you want to try and get out there. And someone's like, that's not the way you use the saw. That's not how you weld. That means you're going through the dark forest <laughs> to get to the good side where you start meeting advertisers and start, oh, wow, I really like what you do, you know? So I think it's a good thing when you start getting crazy trolls. It just means there's more and more people being exposed to your stuff. And again, like out of a thousand people, Almost 80%, 90% won't say anything, but they'll enjoy it. And, you know, there'll be yeah. people that don't enjoy it. But most people enjoy it, and they go, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to take that away with me. And then some somebody who just doesn't have any social skills would be like, that's not the way to do it. You know, and it's like, okay, if that's what you really feel like saying, that's great. I'll just ignore you. So the one thing that um, because we all get the, the negative comments, which – very small percentage of the comments are negative, but we, we get them and they, they affect us in a certain way because of that. I, whenever I comment on somebody else's YouTube or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, it's all, I never use any negative words. It's always like, 
this is awesome. That's good because I've experienced so much of that negativity that it has helped me become a positive commenter on other platforms. Yeah, I've never negatively commented on anything ever in my life. Like I've always just encouraged and said, amazing, great job. And, you know, it's this. uh, my mother always said, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything at all. So from being really quiet, you can only imagine what's going on in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I mean, uh, just a little thing about me. Like I've, when I get some sort of harassment or some sort of a, a thing online that makes me feel bad or down or whatever, uh, those are the times that I immediately think somebody else is feeling like I'm feeling right now. Somebody else needs to be lifted up. And so a lot of times when you look at my Twitter, every once in a while you'll see a random, like, positive, I hope you're having a good day type thing. And that is me reacting to not having a good day or mm-hmm. not having a positive thing, you know, the way that I wanted it to be or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I do think that we, all of us, can step into those situations where we're having a negative input and be like, well, we can take that and we can give it away to everybody else and we can be a turd to everybody else that we're going to deal with, or we can stop it and we can flip it around and look for a way to be positive to, to everybody else. You know, like we're, we're in charge of how that stuff goes through us to the rest of the world. And so a lot of times you'll see me reacting that way. And that's what that is in case anybody's curious. And when you see a nice comment, that doesn't mean I need consoling. I'm not asking for that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that that is, (laughs) those are, those are times when I actively know that I need to take control of that conversation, take control of my reaction to it and change it. So, Hmm. but even with all of this social media stuff, like I'm not really even talking about comments. We've talked about that ad nauseum, right? We have killed that conversation about negative comments in the past. The thing that I think I've gotten soured on a little bit over the last year or so is this, the thing about comparison where we, um, whether you're comparing yourselves to other people from like a man, they're really good at what they do or man, they are really pretty and they look better than me at this or they have a better machine or a better car or better, you know, that type of comparison. I think the thing that I've found that I feel uneasy about is when I see other people so good at interacting and engaging and like they're constantly sharing what they're doing and from from a business perspective they're like here's the things that are going on and here's all this stuff and they're just like so up on it and i'm like i just don't want to share everything and that makes me feel like maybe i'm not that good at social media or maybe i'm not uh an outgoing enough person to be doing you know i I, i'm doing what we're doing maybe i could be more effective if i were more outgoing that's the thing that comes to mind, but I'm not, and I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And so there's this weird, like, well, I can do more of that thing that those other people are doing to try to like be more productive or more, you know, whatever, grow more, but I don't want to. Does that make me like, am I in the wrong thing or am I reacting to social media in the wrong way? Or like, you know, so it's a bunch of that type of stuff. If you think back, I don't know, 20 years ago, None of this mattered. <laughs> Not a single bit of it. Yeah. Because each person was dealing with the interactions that they had face-to-face all throughout their day. And those were the ones that mattered. And those were the ones that 
they had to care about like, well, am I sharing too much with the person standing in front of me? Am I not sharing enough Overshare. with the person standing in front of Overshare. me? Overshare. Remember that phrase? And- <laughs> Overshare. <laughs> no. But like, you know, there was a time in the not not that long ago where this type of dis- deciding whether you should overreact on camera or share too much or not share enough or share your personal and your business, like none of that stuff even existed because you were running into people face to face and those were the interactions that mattered. And I I don't know, I just think more and more about that these days when I'm, you know, constantly lifting my phone and looking at all these people who are just like, hey, I'm doing this today and I'm doing this and check this then I'm doing this. And it's awesome to see. I'm happy for those people. I'm proud of a lot of those people because they're my friends and they're doing awesome stuff. But the thing comes in when I start going, well, I mean, should I be doing that? Like, should I conjure (laughs) this like presentation voice to camera just so that I have something in people's feeds? And I'm like, ugh, it feels really gross. (laughs) Like, like if that's naturally you, awesome, do it. But if, if I feel like I'm having to conjure that stuff to just to be a part of the conversation, like, I don't, I don't like that. And I'm not sure what to do about it. That That's another thing is I'm, there's no, I don't have like a, man, we should be this way or we shouldn't be this way. It's not that. It's like I'm just confronted with a thing I'm not sure how to handle. Us as a community and and as YouTube channels and businesses, you know, I keep calling it a business ultimately because that's really what it is. You know, it's a business with a lot of fringe benefits. We have lots of great friends and lots of great relationships and a great community where we could go on social media and ask a question and get some really good advice. Um, what you're doing is, is exactly what you should be doing because your business is growing. You're successful. Your family's healthy. Your friends are healthy. Your coworkers there are, are all healthy. You're doing what you should be doing. As time progresses, if you decide you want to do something different, you do it. And, you know, you're going to make a healthy choice. You're not going to make a choice because, you know, you're jealous or envious. You know, you're not the type of person. So, yeah, I mean, I think and definitely for me personally, it's there have been different phases of that, you know, in this job where like sometimes I want to share a lot of stuff because I'm really excited about it or I'm doing things that I think are worthwhile to share. Other times it's just like. I just, I don't, I don't want to talk about it to a camera. <laughs> I don't want to hold my phone up to my face and like talk into the video thing. <laughs> no one's going to notice. If you bail, if you bail out for a little while, no one's going to notice, you know, like I'm obviously not as active right now because I'm here. Yeah. I think all of that pressure is, is me putting it on yeah. myself. I don't, I'm not yeah. saying at all that I feel the pressure from other people, but I think there is that natural comparison game when you're consuming. If I wasn't consuming Instagram, there wouldn't be anything to compare myself to, right? right? So I think that's one of the problems that I've identified for myself is just the, um, I don't think the things I consume are bad, but I think the amount and constant, you know, consuming all of these people that I've ever met over the last seven years, everything that they do constantly, I think adds up on you. And you start to do that comparison, whether you're healthy or not, <laughs> you start figuring, you know, that you're comparing yourself to these people. I'm obviously alone a lot and I don't have my shop. Like Taylor said to me, she's like, oh my God, what are you doing? You don't have your, you're like a declawed cat. You don't have your shop around you. <laughs> but in all reality on set, like now that we're back on set, because we didn't go to set for almost a full week. Now that I'm on set, I'm playing on the CNC machine. I'm coming up with ideas. And um, it, it, every now and again, I feel like you get full. You get to the point where you're like, okay, I've seen everything. I've watched every YouTube video. I'm full. Like I can't 
do this anymore. It's like becoming like me just, I'm more interested in the action of swiping than I am seeing what I'm swiping past. And mm, so you get full up. Good. And so I, then I, I make a conscious decision, open up your notebook and try and regurgitate some of this inspiration you've sucked in, whether you've sucked it in consciously or subconsciously, or if it's just, you start looking at colors and you're not really taking in what it is. I force myself, especially now when I'm on the road, open your notebook and just jot down concepts because that's like, that's the meat and potatoes of, you know, my existence right now is creating things and taking this all in. How can it be regurgitated to then become something that I, that's tangible and uh, fulfilling, whether it's, you know, a new shelf or whether it's, you know, a new car project or whatever it is. And in, in my dress, I hate to say this in my dressing room at this that studio, <laughs> I have, you know, they, they, they know you want to play. So there's like a pad on your table. So you got this little room with, and maybe I'll do some Instagram stories about the room. It's nothing special. And, but there's a little pad and I, there's a pad sitting there with a couple of pencils. And I said, every day, that's like my brain dump. I have one kind of going in my notebook that I carry with me. But every day I look at that, I'm like, I got to put two or three ideas on that list. And that's the list that's going to kind of make up the next year in a way. And maybe, you know, there'll be things that jump in and ahead of all that. But that's like the net result of me sucking in all those visuals and all this social media. Spit it back out. Those driplets are going to become all these little lists, this words and lists on a page. And then those driplets are going to then become video projects. So, you know, if you constant, if you consciously try and figure out how to like take it, then what is it? Why is it? How is it? When will it be something else? You know, that's good advice. That's really good. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that I'm trying to do um, in the last few days, I've tried to. You know, we have a bunch of friends, a bunch of people that we have met through the internet who don't live where we live, and we're you know we're kind of in touch over Twitter or comments or stuff. Then we'll occasionally text people, but there's people that are on my mind often. And I don't know why. They're just like, I think about them and I wonder how they're doing. And you can see their online presence. You can go to Instagram and see what somebody's been up to, what they want to show the world that they've been up to. But so I've been actively trying to reach out to the people when they come to mind, send them a text and say, I'm thinking about you. How are you doing? The other day, uh, actually, this is not what I was planning on talking about, but the other day I saw uh, Casey Neistat tweeted this thing where a friend of his asked him how he was doing. And I guess they're really good friends. I don't know who the other guy was, but they were really good friends. And so there's no small talk. There's no like, oh, we're doing fine. Hope you're doing well. None of that. It was like he texted and said, what's good? What's bad? The thing I thought was really cool about that was it wasn't like, hey, how's it going? It was tell me specifically something that's good and something that's bad. And when you do that, you have to say why. I mean, you can't just be like... (laughs) something's bad. Okay. Why is it bad? What's wrong? How can I help? That kind of thing. And it was like the most distilled way to get to the heart of what somebody is dealing with in a good way and a bad way. And I love that. And so I decided a couple weeks ago, like I'm going to start reaching out to these people as soon as they come to mind, just a quick text. What's good? What's bad? How you doing? So that there's these connections that are not through the Instagram camera, they're not through the Twitter and that comes with a conversation of a million, you know, random people that you don't know, just going directly to these people. Because I think part of my thing with social media is that those, you assume that you're still friends with somebody, you assume that you're still connected to somebody because you see them, 
but you see them the way that everybody else sees them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when I get a text from the two of you, we have a little conversation. And when I get something, I'm like, cool. That's a secret conversation. Nothing special, but it's just like, that's the three of us as dudes, as friends, as people having a conversation that's not on Twitter. It's not comments. It's not retweets. It's here, right? And I mean, we're lucky enough to we get to do this every week. But at the same time, this conversation always has an audience. It always has a, a another ear listening into it. And so those intentional little personal text conversations or phone conversations or whatever, like those are, you know, peer-to-peer, person-to-person things that have a lot harder time existing on social media because those conversations are open to the world. And so one of my reactions to all this stuff that I'm feeling is I'm going to try to make those little random conversations happen actively. You know, I'm going to like seek them out on a regular basis as soon as somebody comes to mind. Because for me, if I, if somebody's coming to mind, there's a reason, there's a reason I'm thinking about somebody and I want to make sure that they're doing okay and just touch base. You know, I think that's, it's a good thing to do. So anyway, that's what I've been mulling lately. that's cool no it's funny i have like a lot of like every now and again me and laura email back and forth and me and jocko always have like a little ongoing conversation i talk with habu a lot so you know when you think about our european friends the ones we don't see as much it's nice that we always have like a little ongoing chit chat it's 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 really sweet you know and those are the benefits those are like the the benefits of social media is like we wouldn't have made these connections you know we have friends all around the world now yeah absolutely so you got to remember like you know as much as this is becoming the human existence, the, you know, this is the human condition right now is, is shared through social media. You know, it's, uh, you got, I, I, is, is it amplifies all the bad and, you know, hopefully it amplifies the good as well. You just got to know what to pay attention to. What made yeah. you smile, Bob? You you put a big smile. You got frozen for a second. Uh, well, your, your video is, uh, is freezing on occasion and yeah. David and I both can see it. And oh. so, like, you said something, and then you smiled, and you just paused. Oh, and there was no audio. No, me. <laughs> the one time he was talking, and it froze. And the first word that you said after you came back from being unfrozen was "glitch," because you're talking about a computer glitch. And I was like, "Well, that's perfect," but that's only funny to me. I should yeah. share this on social media. <laughs> so the point, the point I was saying that, like, when, when you know, you gotta really, you, you gotta really take it with a grain of salt when somebody's you know somebody has a wet diaper and they happen to have a position of power and they get to take it with a grain of salt and just know you know what that person's you know using abusing this social media bullhorn or you know just gotta look at it and go oh that's that's you know that's not that's not really the way it all is that's just the way that person is you know that's like walking past a homeless person screaming on the corner but instead he's screaming on twitter you got to like begin to know the difference. Yeah. And a lot of times what you're seeing on online is not who that person is. Like you are seeing a very filtered presentation of me through all of my channels. I'm showing you the, 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 the best of me. You're not seeing all the mistakes or what's going on behind the scenes. You're seeing what I want you to see. Yeah, no, and, I, and you know, it's it's like this is our persona, you know, like, uh, you know, for better or for worse, we each have our own television shows. And, you know, every television show doesn't show everything. You just try and show the uplifting, good, fun stuff. And I think it's pretty yeah. well understood. 
you know, it's it's these social media like these young kids that are flashing the pans that have huge huge success you know rising star you know those are the ones that you find out that you know they're taking pictures on a fake airplane <laughs> gives all yeah, of us a bad name that. anyway well i don't want to beat this horse um too much but i just that's been on my mind and since we didn't have anything to talk about thought i would bring it up um i do think social media obviously has many many benefits i'm not a person that thinks it's all bad and we're all trying to be controlled by some alien race or robots or you know something like that it's <laughs> but i do think it can accidentally become a replacement for actual relationships with with a certain you know like pick person a in your life you can accidentally not really interact with that person because you see them on social media and i think that's what i'm actively trying to combat is bypassing those networks and just going to the people uh, hmm. that I that I really and and I can't do that to everybody all the time that I know but I think it's just being conscious of it and constantly looking for those connections outside the networks I think is a good thing to do so mm-hmm. that's that's where I'm headed with this you guys got anything else on this no that's it yeah. I think I mean if if I had to put a moral to the story I think what works for me is you just got to really decide you know what's inspiring and business related and what's not and you, know, you don't have to show every single thing you're doing, right? You really don't. You don't have to that show true. every conversation you have with with everybody about everything. You know, it's just it's not necessary. I'm yeah. just bummed we didn't get to complain about giveaways on social media. <laughs> hey, there's still time. We're only 53 <laughs> minutes in, so let's talk about tagging people in Instagram posts for giveaways. Don't don't do it. Don't, since, that's my since, thing. Don't do it. <laughs> Here's another thing you shouldn't do. Since you know, since we're since we're doing, I guess we could say we're giving advice. Of course, um, it's what what bums me out, and I get I get, and I've done it. I, I feel guilty because I've done it. Is when you have like a great meeting with somebody, and then you go to social media, and you're like, something great is coming. You guys just wait and see. It's going to be awesome. And then it never comes because it's just like everything else. It's like, you know, everything is a, you know, a maybe, a, a weak maybe, or a strong maybe, or a definitely going to happen maybe. And then it doesn't always happen. So you see a lot of people, you guys just wait. It's going to be awesome. And then you're setting yourself <laughs> up for like a burst bubble when it doesn't happen. And then you got to answer questions and you're going to be like, oh, that was this thing. It's no longer a thing. So. It's exciting. You want to run and share. You know, that's the kind of thing you run and share with your dad or your mom or your your wife or your husband. Right. Yeah. And then when it comes and you're like, guys, check this out. And you're like, pull the curtain off and it's a new car. You know, it's as opposed to being like, something great is coming. Just wait. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're all upset when it doesn't happen. You know, whether it's being cast on a show or, you know, getting a new advertiser or something. I think. Just in general, you just need to hold your cards a little bit closer to your chest. And until yeah. you could, like, say, this is happening. Check this out. And it's like, boom, yeah. oh, you've been working on this behind the scenes all the time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool like that. <laughs> so so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do both of the things you just said. The thing you said not to do and the thing you said to do. Um, real quick, because I was thinking about this last night in a different context. But we're working on something. That's all I'm going to say about it. That I'm really excited about it, <gasps> but it's going to take a very, it? very long time. It's going to very, and it may never happen. No, it may never happen. 
But if it does happen, it will be multiple years from now. Right. And it's weird to think about, like, we do hold everything close to the chest. We intentionally keep things quiet until they are done and ready to ship. You know, they're ready to go out. And uh, so it's weird to think about this thing that we're having lots of conversations about and we're working on this and that and this part of it. And just to think that we could be churning on this thing and making progress on this thing in the shadows for like two or three years before anybody else outside of the office knows about it. Is it one of those kind of cool. was walking Shh, things? Jimmy, no, Shh, don't say, don't, it's not one of those like walking things, like nope. the things with the legs. What is that called? It's no, it's not a walkie thing. <laughs> no, nothing Star Wars related. But anyway, it, I just think it's, I think it's cool to have a thing like that, that you're excited about it, but it's a secret. It's like, you know, nobody, it's like uh, when we had our first kid for a while, you know, you're going to have a kid before you tell anybody and you have this little secret, awesome <laughs> thing that nobody else knows. And it's so cool. And then you tell everybody and you're excited that everybody knows, but then you're like, well, yeah, but now it's not our little secret anymore. It's like now everybody can be happy, <laughs> which is good, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's a little bit different. And so I was thinking about that last night with this thing that we're working on that by the time we get to, if ever, tell everybody about it, it will be multiple years into it, which is cool and weird. But anyway, do you want to complain about um, giveaways on Instagram anymore, David? Before we that's good, that's good. Okay, <laughs> just <laughs> knowing just just knowing that I want to complain about giveaways is good enough. Okay, I don't actually Everybody. have to complain. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Well, big thanks to our supporters on Patreon. Um, we have a bunch of people over there. I say this every week, but we are literally, sincerely, totally grateful to every single person, whether they support us at the top levels or at a dollar or any anything over there is really cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we are grateful for you. We have a group of top supporters that I need to call out always because we're extra grateful for them. Uh, that's Corey Ward, Albers Woodworks, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, You Can Make This Too, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, Rich at Lowen Designs, Make Shape, Create, and Odin Leather Goods. Um, that group and everybody else at every level gets the after show, which will happen in just a minute, and that's us talking other stuff, secret stuff, extra stuff, whatever, but it's usually another 15, 20 minutes of podcast uh, that you can only get by being... Uh, member on Patreon. So if you want to do that, go to patreon.com slash making it. Help us out. Get the after show. Uh, join that community. It's it's cool group of people. We're thankful. Thank you. Do you guys have something to recommend? <coughs> Spoiler alert, I don't. But I'm working on it. Okay, go ahead, go Jimmy. It. Um, you know, I wish I wish I could remember everybody's name, um, but of course uh, uh, <laughs> everybody ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Dustin from uh, what? What is this channel you just mentioned? It makes stuff happen. What is this channel? Smarter every day. What? Oh yeah, Dustin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. did I? Yeah, yeah. Um, his Destin. channel, and I, I, I should have done my research, but um, I just the new channel who's like exploding. Um, he did. They did the baseball collaboration where they shoot the baseball. Did you guys see this? Oh, yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but it's in oh, my list. Um, yeah. They both put out a video on the same day. I guess it was maybe the Sunday <clears throat> or Monday where um, Exploding Baseball. And uh, let me find this gentleman's name because he deserves highlight. I mean, he's, he's blowing up. Everybody already knows him. But he's so yeah, good it's at like, what he does. It make, make stuff. Stuff made make, here? 
stuff made stuff here. Stuff made here. Stuff made here. Yep, baseball. That's it. Um, stuff made here, and I don't know his personal personally his name, but the channel is incredible, and he's a very relatable, easygoing, very well well made videos, and I love like his video on the second baseball bat thingy dingy. He he did like a flashback. He's like, here we are. This is what I've done. He didn't start out like I would have and showed every single aspect until the very end. It was inspiring to me because he did a video where he did all these very complicated things and he just showed you the net result. Like, okay, we know how to machine. Okay. We know how to do something sexy. He's this amazing machinist. And he, it, he basically Monday morning quarterbacked what he did that made a great video as opposed to showing, like if he needed to highlight what he was showing, he did a voiceover over the image. And great, 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 well-produced video. So good. Inspired me to kind of take another look at some of the videos I have coming up. And uh, then oh, Dustin put out his version fun. of it. Dustin put out his version of them collaborating together. It was, it was amazing. Now now there's this little race of who can hit a baseball the furthest. And they were joking about who actually did it between him and you know his baseball, swinging baseball machine that he did with Jeremy Fielding. And... Anyway, it was great. It's great. It's just, uh, you know, it's just so cool. It's so cool that people just share ideas and have this friendly competition. And it's all, it's all, it's all there in those two videos. My pick is Cammy's Garage. I think I've picked him before in the past. Um, he does a lot of woodworking art projects. And this, his video that he released yesterday is he's making an urn for his dad, who's still around getting old and having health issues. So it was uh, uh, obviously a very personal video for him. And I think his channel is worth checking out because he does some very fun, creative stuff. Huh. Cool. I have heard you mention that name before, but I'll have to check that out. Cool. Well, um, mine is uh, a little bit of shameless, shameful self-promotion, depending on how you want to look at it. I'll take either one. Um, I put out uh, the first episode of Brain Pick uh, this week sometime. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was Tuesday. And uh, it was a conversation with Alex Steele. So Alex oh, is great. awesome. And I think we had a really good conversation. I tried to skip all of the you know, the basic intro questions and go a little bit deeper with him about why he's in the States versus the UK and how he you know has built this crazy business. Um, and turned out I was I was really wrong about my expectation of, <laughs> of how oh. he does things, which which was fun. Uh, it was cool to to be wrong that way. Uh, but he's he's always awesome to talk to and hang out with. So we had a really good conversation. That's out. I don't know how often these will be coming out, but Brain Picks should be back and uh, you know be doing more of those. So go ahead and subscribe to that if you're interested in hearing me talk to interesting people. That's on all your podcast players and all that stuff. And it has an after show. I totally yanked the idea from this show, which we yanked from somewhere else. I don't know. But it's got an after show with extra. Actually, he told me some secret stuff that's coming up for him. That's pretty cool. Uh, And that's over on the I Like to Make Stuff uh, Maker Alliance. They get the after show over there. So there's that. And also, Alec did a video series with Tyler Bell. You guys know Tyler Bell. Tyler is also awesome. And um, so they've been working together for a week or so building this chair. Yeah. Making this like forged chair frame. It's crazy. It's really cool. It's fun to watch. And um, so that's, that's been cool. And following along on that project as well. So 
those two things uh, are what I have. You guys got anything else? We good. I'm good. That's our new outro right. music. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And thank you. Uh, we'll sun is coming next up. Time. You see the sun? Can you see the sun on my face? <laughs> sun There's is coming no sun out of the today. building. Here in Ohio, it's dark and <laughs> blah. Ring. All right.